are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, we're still in talking about our roots, getting back to our roots. All the songs that we sang this morning, it's talking about the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit and our relationship to, to the Lord. We always want to keep that front and center in our lives. I'm going to be speaking from uh, scriptures from Mark chapter 16 and Acts chapter 9 today. But uh, let me say that signs and wonders should be the norm of the church. I've always said that, and I believed it way, way back, and I still believe it today. Signs and wonders should be the norm of the church. Every generation should have their own experience of the moving of the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It is the evidence of the Holy, Holy Ghost power in the church. It's the spiritual fire that burns within the hearts of people that make us alive and cause us to be what other people want so we're salt and light to the outside world. And when people see the Holy Spirit moving in our life, it don't have to be flaky, but the Holy Spirit has to be genuinely moving in our lives so that people can see a difference. There's a difference between being a born-again believer and an unbeliever. And when people can see that difference, then something is going to happen in our community. It's a part and parcel of the Great Commission. It's spiritual fire, and it draws people to Christ. When nobody is coming to Christ, we are not being on fire for God. We are not being the salt and the light that Jesus said we are. My first point today is God has commissioned his people, the church. We are the church. If you're born again, you are the church. And so Jesus' word to the world is to come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we are the bearers of that message. That Jesus Christ died, rose again, lived the perfect life while here on this earth, an example for us, not in his role as God the Son, but in his role as a man, the Son of Man. And everything that he did when he was on this earth was under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that you and I have today. Anything that Jesus did when he was on this earth, you and I, in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, can also do. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it was so. He said, because I go to my Father, I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit, and greater things than I have done will you do, because I go to the Father. 
We represent Jesus Christ on earth. If Jesus was still in his physical body on this earth and he took a visit to Coal Lake today, he could not be in Edmonton. He could not be in anywhere in America or anywhere in China or Africa. He could only be in one place at one time. But he sent his precious Holy Spirit, baptized his people, empowered them, and they're going all over the world. There are believers in every nook and cranny you can think about. And they love Jesus, and they're sharing their faith, and Jesus is everywhere today. Through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life and in yours. And that's why it is so necessary to have the same kind of a church that they had back in the book of Acts. I don't know how far I'm going to get with this message if I keep going off track like this. The Great Commission is to go. We rejoice when people come. When people, when we have visitors in our service, we always make sure to acknowledge visitors. But the commission is to go. And if we were to start going into our community, what would happen? We don't have enough room for the people that would be coming to Jesus if the Christians got off their duff and started going into the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This command reaches far beyond the birth of the church. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It covers every generation till Jesus returns. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. There will be an end to this world system as we know it today. There's coming an end. And the end is going to start with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And for 2,000 years, even the apostles in the early church were talking about the soon coming of the Lord. But another apostle said, there's going to come a time when people say, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, since that generation has died off, things go, just remain as they always were. But God is not slow, not slack in his promises. He's got an appointed day and an appointed hour. When the Bible says the trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ... That's those who have died and were born again will rise first. And then those who are alive and remain on this earth at that time. It may be today. 
It may be next week. It may be next month. It may be next year. It may be 100 years from now. But those who remain at that time will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the promise of the church. We don't hear it very much anymore, but it's true. It's still in the Word, and it's still an event that is going to happen. And we need to be ready for it. Jesus knew that his people, his church, would need more than raw talent. The gospel that we preach must be presented in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave Jerusalem, Jesus said, without this power. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The message of this gospel power is powerful. Mark chapter 16, verse 16 says, Jesus is speaking, he said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. This is a serious matter. If this is what Jesus said is true, and it is, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who believes not will be condemned. Souls will be saved or lost in response to our message. Some of them will come into a church like this. They will hear the gospel message. And depending on whether they receive it or reject it, they will be saved or lost. But I want to tell you something that's just as serious. When you share your faith with a buddy at work, with your children, with your family, with your loved ones, with your neighbors, a rejection of that message could mean their eternal destiny in hell rather than in the presence of God. We have a supernatural God who gives supernatural power to normal human beings to do supernatural work in his name. We share the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our part. We live the life before our friends and our neighbors. We can't make a decision for them. It's up to the individual to accept or reject the gospel message. The Great Commission has not changed. God still needs laborers in his harvest field. He still requires us to deliver the message with anointing, with power. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, so that we wouldn't cower in the face of opposition, so that we wouldn't cower because maybe somebody would think that we're crazy. 
we would be bold enough to say, yeah, I'm crazy. I'm crazy in love with Jesus. He wants us to rely on him. He don't want us to rely in our own ability. He will work with us and through us if we will rely on his Holy Spirit to guide us and use us. And he will confirm his word with signs following. And that's, I believe, where we are lacking today. We've got it. You've got it. But we're not using it. We have become nominal Christians in a fellowship that believes in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, power to save and power to deliver and power to restore, power to renew, power to heal. And we're not using it. And God wants to get our attention and say it's about time that you start representing me and representing me well in your circle of friends, in your world. God has promised, second point, God has promised power with signs following. The early church was obedient to the Great Commission. They were empowered to preach the word and signs followed their ministry. Mark chapter 16, verse 20, after the Great Commission and the people went out and did what, what the Lord had said, this is what Mark says in verse 20 of chapter 16. They went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them with, and confirming the word through accompanying signs. The King James Version says, signs following. Signs following the preaching of the word. Do you know that you're a preacher? The only difference in me and you, we're all preachers, but I'm one of those that gets paid for what I do. <laughs> but that don't let you off the hook. See, the the, the, the role that the Lord has given me is to help to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Every message that I preach is designed to encourage you. Any time that you are feeling that I have got your number, please don't blame me. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. I'm not smart enough to do that. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that grips your heart and a word that I says, a sentence that I says, a phrase that I will say will touch your heart and you are probably docked on that spot and you can't, you can't move past that. You're feeling that, you're sensing that in your spirit and you'd better listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Because if he gets your number, it's for a purpose, it's for a reason. But it is never my intention to say something that would embarrass you or cause you to feel uncomfortable. 
But if the Holy Spirit begins dealing with your heart over a situation, then you need to listen to that. You need to take notice because God cares about you. He cares about me. And he wants us to experience all that he has planned for us. And if we will not listen, we are being rebellious and a rebellious spirit cannot please God. God calls that equal to witchcraft. And so we don't want to go there, do we? Amen? My, I'm surely off of this thing today. Whoa. So this is exactly what Jesus said he would, would happen. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, he said, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Every time I pray for you, when you're sick, I believe God for a healing for you. That's what the Bible says. Anything outside of that, I don't understand it. But I'm not going to waste my time trying to understand something that's known only to God. But I'm going to stand upon his word. And if his word says by his stripes we were healed, I believe that with all of my heart. And I won't back down from that. And I won't try to make excuses for God. God's promises are true. And he is still doing this today. We see the fulfilled promise in action in the book of Acts. With the great power, with great power, Acts chapter 4, verse 33. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. They had great power and great grace from God. God was blessing them, using them, anointing them to be effective in their generation. The failure of other Christians couldn't stop them. Christians are Christians. Christians are men and women. We've all got the same hopes and dreams and weaknesses, different areas of weaknesses, but we're weak. We fail. The Bible gives us a story of, of a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. They figured that they had to put on a show. They wanted to be noticed. They wanted people to think that they were right up there with the people who looked spiritual. So they wanted to look spiritual as well. Let me tell you, the Bible is very clear. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I can look good to you today, but only, only God knows my heart. Only God knows if I've got a pure heart and clean hands. Don't ever look at somebody and gauge your life after somebody else. 
You live as close to Jesus as you can live. When you stand before God, you're going to be judged. Judged by his word. How you handled his word. Not by what somebody else did. And folks, when you see somebody doing something that all your life you thought was not the Christian thing to do. But you look at a person and they, they look so upright and they look that they're doing so good in the Christian faith. And so you say, well, if brothers so-and-so can do it, I guess it's okay. So I can do it. And then you get to the point where, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody is not doing it. There's a lot of people who are staying close to God and, and, and living by his word rather than the ways of the world. And if you think the ways of the world hasn't crept into the church, you've got your head in the sand. We're a needy people. We need a revival. We need to get back to God. We need to have a right relationship with him again. We need not go through the motions of religion. That is a killer. And before you know it, you'll be as dry as a bone. And someone like Ezekiel will have to come along and preach a message to those dry bones to get you back to life again. I'm way off again. Mark said, the Lord was with them. They were doing the works that Jesus did on a greater scale. People were getting saved all over the place. Notice that when God's Spirit was working in his church, you read the book of Acts, it's amazing. It's exciting. And when you get through with the book of Acts, you say, Lord, I want to see that now. I want to see that repeated in our church, in our community. Miracles and signs and wonders were taking place. People were being saved and healed and delivered. The Holy Spirit is still working in hearts today. And I want him to work in my life and in the life of this church in your life. Because I believe. Mark 16 says that this, this kind of a thing happening in the church is for believers. It's promised to believers. I believe that we should be concerned when we cease to be a spirit-filled people. It's one thing to have the name, but have we got the experience? And if we haven't, we should be getting down on our knees and crying out to God and saying, Lord, What has happened? Why am I not more hungry and thirsty after you, after righteousness? 
Lord, renew my spirit. As David prayed, create a new heart in me. Cleanse me from all of my sin and unrighteousness. We have a modern day miracle from South Korea. I don't know if my sister Stella is here today. I can't see for all those lights, but she's from South, from South Korea. And she would know about this. But there's a church, and I don't know if I can pronounce it right, but I believe it's Uido, Full Gospel Church in Seoul, South Korea. I've told you a little bit about it one time before in a message, but I want to repeat it today in a little more. <laughs> it's reported as the mega church of all the mother church of all mega churches, with the largest congregation in the world. On a typical day, 200,000 people will attend one of seven services. On a typical day, not on a Sunday. On a typical day, 200,000 will attend one of seven services. With another two or three hundred thousand watching them on TV in the adjoining buildings or satellite branches. The main sanctuary holds 21,000 worshipers. Packed to the rafters seven times every Sunday, each service has its own orchestra, its own choir, its own pastor. There are hundreds of assistants, and each service is translated into 16 different languages for visitors. Even though the first Christian missionaries arrived in, in Korea in 1784, they continued to be Buddhist until about 60 years ago. That was about the time when Pastor David Cho, or... Uh, at that time, he was known as Paul Young Cho, but he changed his name later. He felt that the Lord told him to change his name. What became uh, the Yoido Yo Full Gospel Church, which now has missionaries of its own in 67 countries. Cho was a Buddhist until he was near death from tuberculosis. He received healing, became a Christian, and when the country was suffering in poverty and desperation after the Korean War, he preached the gospel of hope through prayer. Many believed, and his group grew and grew and grew. Now, every morning at 4.30, people come to church and they pray for one to two hours, and all-night prayer meetings go on on Friday evening. Each day, buses leave the big church for the ride up Prayer Mountain. It overlooks a complex of buildings with a church, a hotel, and tiny individual prayer rooms, barely big enough to kneel and pray. 
which some do for hours. From a distance, you can hear the sound of wailing and people speaking in tongues. From only five members in 1958, this full gospel church, which is affiliated with the Pentecostal movement, grew to be the largest congregation in the world with over 800,000 members. 800,000 members. Now listen, we have at this point 66 members. Oh, I forgot to make an announcement. We have an, that AGM meeting, and if you want to be a voting member, uh, you need to be a member of the church. Uh, just because you come to the church don't mean you're members. And this is what I was getting at. Okay, so we, got, we have uh, application forms that are on the table out there. And you get one of those application forms. Read it because it has some, some very important things. Uh, like if you're living a part of the world, then you should not try to be, become a member of this church. Okay? Uh, the last thing we want to do is just turn you down, so we want, we want you to be honest and, and, and uh, make sure that you, you qualify. And the thing, good thing about this, if you don't qualify right now, you can make a decision right here and now and say, Lord, this is going to go out of my life. I'm not going to be a part of this thing anymore. I'm not going to be a part of the world. I'm going to be part of your family. And so uh, you repent of any wrong that you're doing right now and the Lord will bless you, and you, you can be a full-fledged member, okay? Just want you to know and understand that. Now, so in this church, we have 66 members, voting members. But on our books, we have 400, just about 400 people who call this their church home. This is, this is their church. But they haven't for one reason or other, some people don't believe in membership and all of that stuff and religious reasons, all of these things. But these are people who decided that I want to have a say in what goes on in Kodak Community Church. And so the same thing, if they have 800 members, I can guarantee you that there are probably four or five times more of that that come to that church and been touched by that church. Okay. Cho says that many people accuse me that I am preaching the gospel of prosperity. He said, but I'm not afraid of being accused because if the gospel could not bring prosperity to other people, suffering people, what can you do for them? Because the gospel must bring prosperity in our spirit, our soul, our body, and our lives. And to that I say, amen. But Pastor Cho says personal prosperity is good only if people become rich as well in their spirit and soul. Tithing is a fundamental part of the church doctrine. And again, I say amen to that. Amen. And in 1960... Korea was one of the poorest countries in the world. Get this now. In 1960, Korea was one of the poorest countries in the world with an annual per capita income of $60. 
Annual. Annual. You get it? I didn't make a mistake. For the whole year, the annual, annual per capita income was $60 in 1960. Today, the annual per capita income is 30000 South Korea is prospering. Pastor Cho says he knows only one reason why. It, why. He said it is Jesus. And that's the only answer we can give. If Christianity is a factor in the prosperity of South Korea, the Yoido Full Gospel Church is a significant contributor. 60 years ago, there were about 50,000 Christians in South Korea. Today, there is more than 10 million. 10 million Christians in South Korea. And almost one in 10 were baptized in the Yoido Full Gospel Church. You see, the church of God is powerful. Out of the 10 million that have become Christians over the 60-year period, not all of them go to Cho's church. A lot of them found Jesus Christ there. But just like in every community, in every church, people find reasons why they would rather worship in another building and with another group than with this one. That's great. When people leave this church and, and go to another church, I'm glad for them. If they can settle in and be happy there and worship God there. It saddens my heart when people leave this one and go nowhere and fall away from the Lord. In my 30 years of ministry, I have had many, many sad times of trying to help lives get patched up together again. Where they have walked away from the church. Three or four or five years later, have come back in tears, broken, financially broken. Spiritually broken. Their marriage is over in most, most cases, never could be repaired. And it was all because they walked away from the Lord. And when they walked away from the church, that was the beginning point. Folks, God had a good reason for designing the church to be his body and his hand extended to the world. We're not going through the motions of religion in this place. We're not being nominal Christians. We believe that you're either on fire for God or you're losing out. You're cooling off. 
and you're on a slippery slope that will one day cause you great pain. My, I've got, I can't finish this message. I just want you to know that this same move of God that began with the book of Acts is still alive and well today. The same Holy Spirit is at work. And we're believing God to do some great things. We have authority over sickness and over death. You see it in the, in the story of Peter healing a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed. You see it in the story of a Christian believer named Dorcas who got sick and died, was raised to life. The paralyzed man was healed completely. Dorcas or Tabitha was healed completely. After Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he walked in power and anointing. And God used him mightily. Prayer is essential to every successful ministry. In the case of Tabitha, the girl who died, when Peter got to her place, the Bible says that the widows and the, and, and the people came around him and they were weeping and mourning and talking about all the good things that she did. But Peter, the verse, verse 40, Peter said, Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. Prayer is essential to every successful ministry. It, cannot, it acknowledges dependence on God. If you don't pray, you're, you're just trusting in your own strength. Then he speaks with faith to her. Turning to the body, the Bible says, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And the miracle was done. You say, that couldn't happen today. Oh, yes, it could. Oh, yes, it do. There are story after story after story of people being raised from the dead. But it don't happen where you are going through the motions of religion. It don't happen in churches where people have decided to be more respectable. more concerned about what people would say or think if someone broke out in tongues in a service or began to prophesy. You're not going to see those sort of things in the presence of unbelief. That's why Peter put them all out. He knew he could not raise the dead in the presence of unbelief. 
But when she was healed, raised to life, then he brought them back in so that they could rejoice with her. When God moves, people take notice. And when we pray, God acts. And I've got to stop here. God has not changed. What he has done in the book of Acts, he is still doing today. This is our Christian heritage. Wherever people believe and stand on the word of God, miracles and signs happen. And the more people we have active, the greater the miracles and the greater the signs. If we're all sitting back being spectators, it's not going to happen. And I'm not a fan of, of being sort of on the, set on a pedestal. God can move through me. But I want people to know that it is not me. I offer myself as a vessel of honor to him. And if he chooses me to lay hands on the sick and they recover, all glory to God. Don't ever think that because miracles and signs follow a man or a woman that you need to put them in some special place. This is our Christian heritage, the roots of the Christian church of Jesus Christ. We have been retreating long enough. It's time to move forward. The full gospel churches have been retreating. We've been conforming to other doctrines, other religions, other denominations, being more like them than who we really are. And it's got to stop. I love my brothers in Christ. We had a ministerial here this week. We had a great time together with Anglican. Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist, Alliance, United Church. We broke bread together and had fellowship. But I've got a mandate from the Lord. He didn't call me to be a United Church minister or an Anglican minister or a, or, or a Salvation Army minister. He called me to be a Pentecostal minister because that's the gospel that I received. That is what was being bred into me from the time that I was born. While the services were going on and people were speaking in tongues and prophesying, I was under one of the seats, sound asleep, but it was getting into my spirit. In the movie Home Run, we watched it last week in Koinonia. One of the phrases, Mom, nothing great happens when you hold back. What a powerful phrase. Nothing really happens. Nothing great happens, rather, when you hold back. Folks, 
If you're holding back, don't hold back any longer. Let the Holy Spirit actually move in your heart and in your spirit. When you hold back, nothing great happens. I'm determined the rest of the years that God has given me in ministry, this boy is not going to hold back. And I encourage you to join me in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. Stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will bless us as a congregation. Lord, we have tasted and seen that you are good. We feed on your word every Sunday. We pray to you during the week. We share our faith. And we're believing you for great things. Bless this people to be a blessing. Lord, you know what you want to do in Cole Lake, and you know what you want to do in Cole Lake Community Church. I pray that every fleshly ambition that I have, I lay it at your feet. And I ask for new vision, new direction, new power, a renewal of the Holy Ghost in my life, a refilling and a rejoicing in you. And what I ask for me, I ask for Effie, I ask for my board members, I ask for my elders, I ask for my staff, and I ask for this church. I pray, Lord, that you will do a supernatural thing in our lives. And we will not look at one another and judge whether God is doing something in each other's life. But we will be concerned, as your servant Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let your Holy Spirit charge us, invigor us, Empower us to go in the name of Jesus and touch lives along the way. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. You want prayer today, you just come. We'll pray with you. Remember, stick around today. We're going to have some fellowship outside. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.